right, boils and ghouls. <laughs> How's it going? I love that. That you was like good. That? Yeah, like that, that was a good one. That was good. You know, I struggle sometimes with finding out like quippy things to say, like "Good morning, boys and girls," or right. whatever, like things like that to say. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens! Yeah. Well, that, oh I, God. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Hello, all you cryptids. I refuse to ever do Tiger King on this no. show. But no, I, I struggle to come up with something cute for you guys for Instagram or Facebook, but I, I think that. That one was good. I might have to steal that one. I mean, I just... I, I was doing booze and ghouls. I like the booze. Uh, booze and ghouls. Yeah. Um, boars and ghouls. I, I've been boars? Pl- yeah, boars. Like like the pig? Yeah. The hog? Yeah. Whatever. Then uh, we did boils and ghouls. Boils and ghouls. So, there we are with that. Which is the Morlocks. We'll and I mean, look, I am, I, am, I am straight up paying homage when I do this to EC Comics, mm-hmm. uh, Vault of Horror, and Tales from the Crypt. You really are. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for you to start calling them kitties. I've done that a couple times yeah, on Instagram oh, you, oh, and no. Twitter. Have you really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am definitely... I'm paying homage to, to <laughs> our influence of the show. Do, what, the name, our... Like our name of our podcast is yeah. enough homage. You can just throw this yeah, in. Yeah, the, the whole thing's an homage. A <laughs> uh, homage. Homage. I can't. So that is one word I do know how to say correctly. Well, that's that's the a good first one. Time. Jeff won't have to uh, <laughs> audio wipe that. <laughs> can't. So tonight's tale of terror, and next week's tale of terror are going to be from my home state. Of West Virginia. Oh, the country roads. Country roads. Yep. John Denver is going to roll in his grave <laughs> knowing that he was mentioned on this show. <laughs> is he rolling in his grave or pissing his pants over these things? I maybe, would be excited. Maybe a little both. I mean, who knows? Maybe he, could be a, he could be a cryptid hunter. <gasps> that would be some shit if a, like, unreleased. They made Abraham Lincoln a vampire hunter. John Denver cryptid hunter. Oh my god, that just rolls right off the tongue. Why did you just like me then? You just you need to TM that shit. <laughs> Hollywood's gonna steal that from you. <laughs> I can't. I can't with you too. <laughs> Clearly, you can. So I kicked around the episode, like the idea of doing these two episodes together. Like I in f- one episode? No. Okay. No. Um. So I kicked around the idea of doing these the last two episodes of spooky season as our creature tonight, mm-hmm. the Flatwoods monster. I'm just going to go ahead and fucking say it. Well, they already know that they yeah. tap, they tap the, the episode. Mm. So, so they already know we're doing Flatwoods monster tonight. And then next week we got Mothman, the, the two heavy hitter cryptids from West Virginia. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do Flatwoods monster. I was going to save it. And Sam, but for her birthday, my birthday, said, "I want to do the Flatwoods monster." And I was like, "That's a sign. We're doing Flatwoods." I was like, "You don't get to twist my arm on this one." <laughs> you really didn't. And I was, was already starting the research. <laughs> a bet. Say less. Yeah. Say less. So, Sam, without further ado, let's get into it. All right. The country roads of West Virginia are, at least, so go the stories notoriously full of monsters and cryptids. 
The most famous creature associated with the Mountain State is, of course, the Mothman of Point Pleasant. But tonight's tale of terror is one from out of this world. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Cue the X Files yeah. theme song. Yeah, Twilight Zone. <laughs> Outer limits. Take your pick. <laughs> the Flatwoods Monster, also known as the Braxton County Monster, or Braxy by the locals, is a cryptid sighted in the forests of Flatwoods, West Virginia. It's believed to be of the extraterrestrial nature. So Flatwoods is a really, really small town. And that's going to play a major role I've never even on. heard of it. Yeah, it, I've never heard of it either. It's, it's a town where if you blink your eyes too fast, you're, you're already through it. The population is, at the time of when this is happening, around 277 people. What? I had more people in my graduating class uh, than this entire town. Well... Christian, unfortunately, only 180 people in our graduating <laughs> class walked. Okay, so. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Starting graduating class. I didn't say they finished. <laughs> that's, that's fair. We had like 360-something kids in my that graduated. So, already, to put it into perspective, this is a teeny-ass town. Got it. Like one stoplight kind of town? Maybe two. Maybe two or three. Or one light talking? and a caution light. Maybe one one main one big main street and that that's really all you get. All right. Interesting. So let's continue on with the story. At seven fifteen PM on September twelfth, nineteen fifty two, two brothers, Edward and Fred May, with their friend Tommy Heyer, were playing football in their schoolyard in the tiny town of Flatwoods, West Virginia. One of the boys suddenly gave a shout that turned all of the children's attention to the sky. Then they saw an oval-shaped ball of fire soar closely over their heads that was emitting a trail of flames. As the group of boys watched the strange object descend onto a nearby mountaintop and land on the property of local farmer G. Bailey Fisher. So, one thing to remember is that Roswell happened, I think, five years before this. Okay. The Russians hadn't even launched Sputnik into space. So this wasn't like space trash like we see now. When you see a shooting star now, it's normally just space garbage reentering our atmosphere. Um, well, that, so that's why none of my wishes are coming true? Well, <laughs> They're all space trash. Yeah, your wishes are trash. <laughs> so the term UFO wasn't even coined until... 1953. So the year after this happened. So they are like, we don't know what this is. Yeah. Well, the boys thought it was a meteor. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can. Okay. I can see where they're coming from with that. Several other Flatwood residents would describe seeing a flat kind of aircraft emitting orange and red colors descend over the same area the school children reported. The boys sprinted to Eddie and Freddie's home where they told their story to their mother, Kathleen May. May, accompanied by the three boys, local children Neil Nunley and Ronnie Shaver, and West Virginia Nat- National Guardsman Eugene Lemon. Now, one thing to remember about Eugene Lemon is that he's only 17 at this time. Oh, wow. So he's very young. He's not like... He's a baby. Yeah. 
So he's basically just a kid. Yeah, he's still a kid. Yeah. So they all go over to the Fisher farm in an effort to locate whatever it was that the boys had said they'd seen. According to their account of the evening, as the group approached the top of the hill, they came upon what they described as a pulsating ball of fire about 50 feet to their right. Lemon's dog, with its hair raised, abruptly froze and then dashed off. Lemon and the others ran after the dog, where they found it barking near a wooden fence. Although they wanted to keep moving forward, the dog refused to take another step. As the group drew closer to where they thought the strange object had landed, they began to detect a strange sulfur-like odor. Who farted? (laughs) Satan. A demon. Yeah. Alien. I mean, sulfur... I mean, that was a bad joke on my part because farts are methane and sulfur is, you know, hell. (laughs) So this sulfur-like odor is making everybody feel kind of sick. The group began to notice a mist rise around them that had a smell so strong it made their noses and even their eyes burn and water. In addition to the strange mist, they heard a steady metallic whining noise. Suddenly, Lemon noticed a pair of eyes staring at him from the dark at about eye level. He shined his flashlight onto the spot where he assumed he would see a possum. Instead, what they saw in the shadows would haunt them forever. Standing there was a creature like nothing they'd ever seen before. Descriptions of the monster vary depending upon which of the seven who saw it you ask or who is doing the retelling of their accounts. The creature that would become known as the Flatwoods Monster or the Braxton County Monster, the witnesses described the monstrous entity as being about 10 feet tall and 4 feet wide, having red glowing non-human round head and a large circular pointed cowling appeared behind the head. So it was like, like a nun? Like it's like behind, like Dracula's cape. Think like Dracula's collar. Yeah, that's all I'm thinking of. Okay, it's in the shape of an ace of spades. All of the witnesses agree on the hood-like shape. Kathleen May described the creature as having small claw-like hands that extended in front of it, a lower body with what looked like pleated folds or drapes of fabric and a sort of hood around its face that resembled the Ace of Spades. Freddie May said in interviews it appeared to be some sort of robotic suit or spacecraft rather than an organic being. Set in the head were two eyes described as portholes, glowing green-orange and the size of half dollars. What's interesting about that is several of the descriptions mention the eyes oscillating. In color between green and orange. So, like, flashing? Yeah, so like they were shifting. That's creepy. Yeah. And one other thing about the eyes is they noticed that when the light hit it, it started shooting, like, blue beams out of it. Fucking weird shit. Jeez. The body was a metallic armored structure lined with thick vertical pipes. So, the fact that Freddie May is describing 
sci-fi concepts to this extent. In the 1950s. The 19, like 1952. Yeah. Before. Any the, of this is going bef- on. Yeah. Before this is like ingrained in the zeitgeist. Right. So the fact that he's describing metal tubing and what his mom thought was pleats in the creature's dress or it, it's just, it's fucking phenomenal. Like the kid is, is spot on. And the fact that they really only looked at this thing, I would probably say for about 10 seconds. And he picked up all that. Hell yeah. You go little guy. All of these elements would later become fairly standard in depictions of the flatwood monster. When the light hit the creature, it began to make a hissing sound and proceeded to float towards them before changing course and headed toward the light. They also claimed that the creature's eyes projected beams of light that lit up the whole area. Eventually, the monster began to hover over the path and move out of sight, but not before covering Mrs. May with a strange, oily substance. Just space bukkake. Oh my god. All over. At this point, the group fled in panic. They describe fleeing from this situation is one of the most horrific things that they've ever dealt with in their life. Like, Eugene fell over. Like, as soon as he saw the thing and shined the flashlight at it, Eugene fell backwards. And they took off down the hill. I don't got to run fast. I just got to be faster than you. So remember, there was a fence. Descriptions say that Kathleen May jumped the fence in one leap. I believe that. A six foot tall wooden fence. Like she just, Usain bolted that shit. Oh my God. Like just over. (laughs) I would have one of two reactions to jumping the fence. I'm either not going to get over it because I'm so like panicked or I'm just going to, like, rocket over it. So what's even crazier is when they got to the bottom of the hill, they started feeling violently ill. And a couple of them, like, a couple people started vomiting right there. I believe it. Maybe from, like, sheer adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Well, we're just, we're just talking off of what, based on what they just experienced, like, First thing is you have adrenaline pumping through your system. That's why you're going to be able to clear a fucking fence. I mean, they're talking about like pregnant women being able to lift a goddamn car. Right. Their kids in trouble just out of pure adrenaline. I mean, you'll be able to leap a fucking fence. But then out of the after effects of being that like crazy, I could see that making you sick. I think it had more to do with the mist. The fog. Yeah. But we'll get it more into that later. So, upon returning home, Mrs. May contacted local sheriff Robert Carr and Mr. A. Lee Stewart, who's the co-owner of the Braxton Democrat, which was a local newspaper. The sheriff and his deputy, who had come from investigating reports of a plane crash 11 miles away in Elk River. Which is insane, because (laughs) this small little town in West Virginia had two crashes in the same night. So I'm throwing it out there that whatever this thing is could have hit a plane crash or hit a plane, causing it to crash, causing it to crash into the hill where the boys went. Yeah. I believe that. Would they be that far away, though? 11 miles? 11. I mean, 
I'm seeing it's more a, connection with me and cryptids. I have I'm a bad driver. I'm scary. Spooky. There were a lot of potential crashes back then. Roswell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flatwoods. And the list goes on. Baby, how they weren't I? great drivers back then. <laughs> yeah, how no. am I? <laughs> am I the Flatwoods monster? No, no. You're tall, but you're not that tall. Stewart conducted a number of interviews and returned to the site with Lemon later that night, where he reported that, quote, there was a sickening, burnt, metallic odor still prevailing, end quote. Sheriff Carr and his deputy, Burnell Long, searched the area separately, but reported finding no trace of the encounter other than the smell. Early the next morning, Stewart visited the site of the encounter for a second time and discovered two elongated tracks in the mud, as well as traces of a thick, gummy black liquid. Which is what Miss May was sprayed with. Couldn't they just, like, take her clothes and test them? Oh, it's not near to never mind. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking 1952, so. <laughs> there, there it's was black no- DNA. It's black stuff. It's, it's space jizz. Yeah. <laughs> He immediately reported them as being possible signs of a saucer landing. Based on the premise that the area had not been subjected to vehicle traffic for at least a year. It was later revealed that the tracks were likely to have been those of a 1942 Chevy pickup driven by a local guy named Max Lockard, who had gone to the site to look for the creature some hours prior to Stewart's discovery. After the event, Mr. William and Donna Smith, who are investigators associated with the Civilian Saucer Investigation, L.A., obtained a number of accounts from witnesses who claimed to have experienced a similar or related phenomena. These accounts included the story of a mother and her 21-year-old daughter who claimed to have encountered a creature with with the same appearance and odor a week prior to the September 12th incident. The encounter reportedly affected the daughter so badly that she was confined to Clarksburg Hospital for three weeks. So, I couldn't find much more on that sighting other than that little tidbit. Right. Um, so, who knows? This is the 50s. They're not trying to like spread well, shit like that. A lot of the times, people were ridiculed for shit like this. Like, I saw a monster up in them hills, and they're just like, you crazy hillbilly fuck. <laughs> you lay off the moonshine. So I love moonshine. I'm gonna bring my blueberry. It's delicious. I'm gonna bring my blackberry moonshine next time. Do it. Well, do it when we're not recording an episode, because I don't want to be just screaming gibberish into a mic about <laughs> UFOs. And- oh my god! You act like that's a bad thing, right? That's that's any different than what we normally do. No. No. <laughs> they also gathered a statement from the mother of Eugene Lemon in which she said that at the approximate time of the crash, her house had been violently shaken and her radio had cut out for 45 minutes. And a report from the director of the local board of education, in which he claimed to have seen a flying saucer taking off at 6.30 a.m. on September 13th, the morning after the creature was sighted. So, one thing to note, that... When Eugene Lemon's mom said that her house was sh- shaking, uh-huh. there was seismic activity in the area that night. 
Okay. So it's documented that there is seismic activity going on there. I've experienced one earthquake in my entire life. So, yeah, 2011, I we felt the quakes here that hit, like, Washington, D.C. and Virginia and stuff. Mm. Mm. I didn't. I don't remember that. <coughs> After the encounter, several members of the September 12th group reported suffering from similar symptoms, which persisted for some time and which they attributed to having been exposed to the mist emitted by the entity. The symptoms included irritation of the nose and swelling of the throat. Lemons is said to have suffered from vomiting and convulsions throughout the night and had difficulties with his throat for several weeks afterward. Eugene's dog sadly passed away two days after the encounter. Poor dog. I know. Aww, buddy. Rest in peace. Yeah, this... These next two episodes aren't going to be kind to the, the four-legged furry friends. Aww, poor guys. A doctor who had treated several of the witnesses is reported to have described their symptoms as being similar to victims of mustard gas. So, just jot... Th- Put a little pin in that. So, the two things that are important here. Radio disruption... And mustard gas. And I have a theory on what this is. Is mustard gas yellow? Is that why they call it mustard gas? No, it's like the chemical that they use. Yeah. It's a it's a biological weapon. But uh And they use mustard? Chemical weapon, yeah. Yeah. Mustard gas. It's it's got a yellow look to it, yeah. Okay. I was just curious. I so- can't remember what the exact <laughs> name I have to look that up, but it's like it's not good. It's not a good feeling. No, I can't imagine it is. Uh, it, it was banned. It's for Mustard use in war. Yeah. Oh, okay. So All the chemical it. weapons that they used in World War One were were banned in uh, warfare. Solid. So. So uh, these symptoms are also commonly found in sufferers of hysteria, which can be brought on by exposure to a traumatic or shocking event. So it's like PTSD. Yeah. I mean, I don't have PTSD. I think, yeah, I think every, <laughs> there, there's good grounds to believe that they were suffering from severe PTSD after yes. seeing a floating 10 to 12 foot tall Metal metallic thing. monster in the woods. Yes. With that glowing eyes. Yeah. And, and a shot, Dracula And color. shot laser beams. Yeah. No, thank you. I would probably just keel over right there. I'd shit my pants and just fall over. I would just want to be a friend. We could be friends. We'd be like, come to me. Unless you died in mustard gas exposure. I don't think I would. I think me and me and uh, Braxy Braxy. Braxy would be friends. (laughs) Hey, baby. Let's be friends. I can't with you. I know. Everybody else running for the fucking, (laughs) running for the fence. I'm like, well, Christian. I mean, all right. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This is not a cryptid. It's not a cryptid. It's not a cryptid. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's not. But it is a monster. And it did stalk the woods. The Flatwoods. In 1952. Did? Did it leave? No, we don't know. I guess we'll find out. The day after the September 12th incident in Flatwoods, another strange sighting occurred near Strange Creek. Fancy that. Great name. Right? 
Strange Creek is about 20 miles south of Flatwoods. Reportedly, George and Edith Snidowski? Yep. Sure. And their 18-month-old son were driving through the rural area between Clay and Braxton County on Route 4 when their car suddenly died. Mr. Snitowski attempted to restart the car to no avail. It was nighttime, and the roads were deserted. So remember, this thing interferes with radio frequency and electronics. Love that. Just make a note. Put a pin in that. While the Sintowskis were trying to decide what to do, a foul sulfurous smell filled the air, and their baby began to cry. A strange bright light filled the darkness and the couple witnessed a 10-foot-tall creature hovering in the front of their car. The description is similar to that of the original sighting, except the monster was not wearing what is presumed to be its spade-shaped hood. Instead, its head was reportedly reptilian and bony. The creature dragged its lizard-like hand across the hood of the car before drifting away into the woods. As soon as the monster was out of sight, the car restarted and the couple sped away. Sintowskis would later give his account for Mail Magazine in 1955. So it's plausible that he is completely full of shit. Just, I'm going to throw that out there. I think he heard the original reports mm-hmm. and then invented the story. He just wanted his little dose of limelight. Yeah, I mean, he wanted his article right up. Everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame, man. Everybody does. Kathleen May was taken to New York City to appear on a current events TV show called We the People. While there, the original and most iconic drawing of the creature was made. The artwork was commissioned by Lee Stewart and drawn by a New York sketch artist based on Kathleen's description. The drawing has been the basis for most of the Flatwoods monster art. The newspaper stated that Mrs. May and Jean Lemon found the portrait to be quite accurate. So I will post all of these photos of the Flatwoods monster from the original artwork on the Instagram and Twitter. Perfect. The attention paid to the encounter led to an investigation by the U.S. Air Force as part of Project Blue Book. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I'll talk about that in just a second. Oh, he's going to talk about it. Yay! Got lots of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. The government investigation into alleged UFO sightings and alien encounters. So, J. Allen Hynek's research for Project Blue Book, uh, they adapted into a show on History Channel. And it is the most irritating fucking shit I've ever seen. Because they just literally sit there and just disprove everything or try to like muddle the water, but they changed so much of the Flatwood story when mm-hmm. they did the episode that it, they warped it to their excuse. Got it. So you're kind of making it fit their narrative. Exactly. Got it. We don't like that. But at this point in time, it's not just project blue book guys that are showing up in West Virginia. The whole area is being descended upon by paranormal investigators and, uh, UFO researchers. I can only imagine. So the whole place is just a a swarm of these guys trying to figure it, get the scoop. 
UFO investigator Gray Barker, a native West Virginian, wanted to make sense of what had happened, so he interviewed everyone involved in the sighting. Later, Barker would work with fellow UFO enthusiast Albert K. Bender and, through their organization, would spread the word about what happened in Flatwoods. Bender was pretty well known for his encounters with men in black, or silencers. Bender's contact with these beings scared him so much, he abandoned his research and warned fellow researchers to be careful. This was after he was abducted by the men in black and taken to a basement. So the men in black are not what you think. In, there's not going to be a, a pen side. There's not going to be an awesome dance number and song done by Will Smith. Um, <laughs> Boo, I don't want to talk about this anymore. So <laughs> the men in black are frightening, otherworldly entities. Okay. Um, their whole thing is to suppress UFO research. And they abducted, apparently, Bender and took him to their base in Antarctica and appeared to him as a creature that looked very similar to the Flatwoods monster. So they abducted him in costume. So when the men in black show up, they show up as very gaunt looking um, humans Mm -hmm. with no eyebrows and painted on looking lips, like pink painted on looking lips. They're always wearing fedoras. They're almost they they have this appearance of like men out of time. They kind of look like Slenderman. A, like the, a little bit. The suits look like Slenderman, like from the ones that I've seen that you yeah. sent to me. So they they always dress in black. Um, they always drive around in black cars. I mean, the movie got a few things correct, right? But they walk more like Egger from the Men in Black movie. You know, the the giant cockroach wearing the Egger suit. They walk like shifty and gaunt and very unhuman. Like they're not comfortable in their skin. They, they look like something pretending to be human. Like something wearing a human suit. I didn't say that. He did. No, no, no. Totally different thing. No, I know. I'm just saying. You're not a skinwalker. Shut up. Not a skinwalker. <laughs> what are you going to do when you actually do that like that episode? I'm just, I don't know. She's going to cry. And I'm, I'm going to have to read that fucking episode, I guess. <laughs> no, you're going to have to switch seats and sit over there and hold Sam's hand through the entire fucking episode. I'm, I'm just going to say flesh pedestrians the whole time. <laughs> I will be very upset about it. <laughs> I, no. Mm. I'm not waking up anything and bringing it to me. No, thank you, sir. Mm. I'll pass. I think you won't have anything to worry about. Um, But yeah, the men in black are going to play an integral part <laughs> in the Mothman episode. But they don't really come into play in Flatwoods, interestingly. Huh. Maybe they just didn't see it as enough of a threat. Or maybe it wasn't a UFO. Maybe it was an actual like, monster. Uh, we'll or- get into that. Oh, man. I'm ready to get into it. Okay. In the years since, true believers have tried to tout these findings as proof of a UFO landing, though Joe Nickel of the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry 
interviewed locals as part of an investigation of the Flatwoods monster in 2000. In his ensuing article, Nickel also explained away the rest of the legends surrounding the Flatwoods monster. The pulsing red glow he attributed to one of three airplane navigation beacons visible from the hilltop. While the unidentified flying object was, he argued, actually just a meteor. In fact, a meteor had been visible that night across three different states, including West Virginia. As for the monster itself, though? By Nichols' estimation, what the kids and Kathleen May saw in the field that night was nothing more sinister than a barn owl perched on a branch. This, I loved that the fact that these skeptics always blame any flying cryptid on a fucking barn owl. It I mean, they're drives, huge. They are huge. They are fucking massive. And they're very spooky. But this thing looked nothing. And this this is the explanation that Project Blue Book gave, too. Uh-huh. Is it, oh, it's an owl. An owl in a tree, and that's what—that's why it had the spindly little arms, and the glowing eyes. But that doesn't explain the fucking mustard gas. No. Or the blue electric beam shooting out of its eyes. No. Or the phone disruption, or the earthquake, like the seismic activity in the area. Yeah. It doesn't explain a plethora of things, and the fact that like the U.S. government just totally tried to debunk this shit the way that they did leads me to believe other things were afoot. It explains the shape of the creature's head, the small claw-like hands, and even the creature's hissing squeal and gliding motion. The green body could have simply been underbrush beneath the limb, while the reddish glow of its head could have been a reflection from those same airplane navigation beacons. Look, this event took place during the height of McCarthyism and the Red Scare. The phenomenon was attributed to both the U.S. government and the USSR as a possible secret weapon test in Ganara. I'm just going to fucking go there. I'm going for it. The reason the U.S. government needed to squash this case is because this was no extraterrestrial. It was no cryptid. It was a clandestine's weapon test. And they were just like scared for people to find out about it. It was a it was a government cover up. This is this goes from cryptid to conspiracy theory real fucking quick. Yeah. Um they I wholeheartedly believe that the boys and Miss May saw something in the woods that night. Absolutely. Something not normal. Right. Something terrifying. Right. And let's go on and figure out what that is. Now, I've found some some (laughs) interesting things. Okay. So, Sam, take it away. There may be parallels between various descriptions of the Flatwood Monster. Inconsistent, though, they may be from one to the next and a declassified RAND Corporation file containing a document which divulged various implements of psychological warfare. 
Apparently, during the Second World War, British Army officials devised a scheme that would involve the creation of a 12-foot-tall scarecrow that would emit various loud noises and other illuminated visual effects, which would confuse or frighten the enemy. The description of the scarecrow in the Rand Files and the Flatwoods monster, like the peculiar spade-shaped head of the latter, matched separate documents which suggested the ace of spades might bear certain significance for use in psychological warfare due to bad omens associated with it. In similar fashion, the Rand Scarecrow in used in Italy gave off frightful flashes and bangs and had great electric blue sparks jumping from it. The Rand Report was submitted to the Air Force in April of 1950 and Flatwoods occurred in September of 1952. Is it possible that in this two-year period, U.S. Air Force psychological warfare planners created their very own, albeit updated and modified, version of the British Army's 12-foot-tall flashing monster to try and determine what its reaction might be when unleashed upon an unsuspecting populace. Dude. What the fuck? Yeah. Psychological... (laughs) Warfare weapons test. Well, it worked. It scared the hell out of these, like, poor people in the small ass kids. Yeah. And a teenager. And a mom. (laughs) Right? Not not to forget that Eugene Lemon was a U.S. Army or U.S. National Guardsman. Yeah. There are also the settings, too. The British Army's operation was focused on little isolated villages in Italy, and Flatwoods is a small rural town in Braxton County, West Virginia, that even as late as 2000 had a population of less than 350. Although- nobody's moving to Bra- <laughs> nobody's moving to Flatwoods. No, I wouldn't. Just to no. go hang out with Braxy. <laughs> Christian. Excuse me. <laughs> I- <laughs> Country road, take me home. <laughs> we need to go to both locations. I would definitely Flatwoods go. and Mount Pleasant. Or, climb uh, that Point hill. Pleasant. Take me to the hill. <laughs> take me to your leader. Yeah. Although the monster has not been seen since the original is- incidents in 1952, its impact on the rural community has been huge. Sometimes, if you stand outside at night, there you can almost feel it. Like the monster left a gift from the stars for us, and we just haven't quite found it yet. So, what do you, we know what I think it is. I have no idea. Is it a extraterrestrial entity? Is it a cryptid? Or was it a barn owl in a tree? Like it's all of it. The goddamn Project Blue Book would like mm-hmm. you to believe. I personally believe it was a American version of the Rand Scarecrow. That's crazy. But if you go but to... But if it was, when the men in black, like, or... Uh, if it was an extraterrestrial, there would be a good chance the men in black would have showed up. So wouldn't, like... I guess I'd, the only term I have for them is, like, cleaners. Like, wouldn't they... 
that's a good way to look at what the men in black are. Okay. They're They're extraterrestrial cleaners. They try to suppress (laughs) any information that come out. Well, that's rude. Which leads me to believe... And we'll get more into the men in black. We'll do a whole episode on the men in, or a whole fucking multiple episodes on the men in black for Christ's sake. Um, but they, they're going to be supporting cast in the okay. next episode. We touched on them here, uh-huh. but they will be mentioned heavily in the next episode. Okay. So I want so badly for the Flatwoods monster to be a monster, a monster. Cause I just, I want him to fit with his friends. I want them to go on, like, brunch together. Well, <laughs> if you go to Flatwoods, West Virginia, there is a whole museum dedicated what? No to the Flatwoods way. monster. Oh. Do they, they have brunch it? dates? <laughs> and if you play the game Fallout 76, you can actually battle the Flatwoods monster. Oh, Really? Yep. Interesting. So, if you're into this story and you want to kick Flatwoods' ass... Go pick up a copy of Fallout 76. Fallout 76. Great fucking game. It is a very interesting. Good game. Um I like I said, I, I want him to be real, but after reading and watching and whatever, I just I don't think he fits with our heavy hitters of like the because he was only his sightings were only like two times. One. I'm willing to believe it's Wasn't there two? There yeah. there's two believable ones. But I really just believe the one. Yeah, okay. I believe the first one. I don't really believe the second I, one. I honestly am with you on that it was something that was man-made and meant to scare the hell out of some fucking people. And then they were like, oh, shit, we actually scared the hell out of some people. Maybe that was really fucking It worked. Oh. Yeah. oh, shit. The government worked. was doing fucked up shit for a while. Still is. And still is. For um, a while. They're still there. They live in that shit. Yeah, let's just say it's never a weather balloon. Let's just never let's just go ahead and balloon. say that. So, all right, guys, let us know in the in the comments on our social media post what you think Flatwoods Monster is. Yeah, I want to know y'all's theories. Let us know what you think it is. Um, let me know if what you think about the scarecrow, the bird in the tree, or the owl in the tree. Or is it a extraterrestrial? Or is it physically a monster that can fit in with our cryptic crowd? Christian wants to believe. I want it to be part of the cryptic crowd. We're crowdsourcing every I would say Me and the Jersey Devil. Are all- I would say um, this one does not have big cryptid energy. It, it doesn't. No, no BCE. No. No BCE. Oh, no. Uh, Sorry. But Sorry. for Halloween, we're definitely having some BCE up in here. I'm excited. Yes. All right, guys. Well, as always, that, make sure that you. Are, oh, go ahead. Are you done talking? I was gonna say. I can't remember what I was gonna say. Go ahead. Just clap for me. As always, make sure you guys are following the socials: the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, the TikTok, the TikTok. The we TikTok. have a TikTokie. Yes, we are part of the Clock app. Hopefully. No bands on this side. We're being pretty good. So no, I think we we'll, got it. I think we'll be all right. Um, as always, make sure you guys, when you're downloading or liking or sharing the show, you guys are showing it to all your friends. Make sure you let them know what we're doing for spooky season. 
Um, we still got another week of spooky season, and the spooky doesn't end there. Um, mm-hmm. We've got some big things in the plans. We've been planning out pretty much. Eric, me, and Sam have pretty much about two years out. I mean, we're ready to go. Pretty we're much ready to do for this our like shit. special times. Yes, we're ready to do this shit. We're gonna fill in some really good stuff. If there, with that being said, if there is anything that you guys can think of that you want us to do. Let us know. Shout even, it out. Yeah, even if it's something really short, Sam is going to run the TikTok, and she will cover stuff that's It'll shorter on there. Yeah. yeah. Something I've been, like, three-minute video. Anything else? Yeah. Oh, review the show. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Yeah, be sure to... Uh, rate and subscribe. Yeah, rate and... Give us we don't have a, a bell review. for you to play, so... Yeah. I don't. No, no. Not, Not yet. yet. <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to do it for us. <laughs> stay, stay creepy? Yeah, stay creepy. All right. Bye.